Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Welcome to the art of being you. I just am so thankful for you guys and just wanted to tell you. Um, Hey, if you have not signed up for our newsletter on rachelwartman.com, I would love for you to do that. It's like a two second thing. Just drop your email in. Um, You do not have to. I guarantee you, my promise to you is that I will not flood your inbox. Um, You actually might not hear from me for a while after you even uh, sign up, but we've got some stuff coming out this fall, a new book that's launching and some other exciting things. And I don't want you to miss it. I don't want you to miss out. And with the algorithms of social media, we can't really rely on that to be a a great place to find information. So um, if you want to stay up to date, if you're excited about the new book that's coming, which I am. Um, then drop your email on the newsletter, rachelwortman.com, W-O-R-T-M-A-N. And uh, there's a link at the bottom of the first page where you can do that. And I would love, I would love that. Um, today, we're going to be talking about a dicey topic, something that I think a lot of people really struggle with. And I'm hoping to be able to open our eyes a little bit. I'm going to kind of bring you into this process that I've been on that I've found to be really helpful and effective. And I'm, I'm, I'm praying that it leads to a breakthrough in your life, to be honest. But I want to talk today a little bit about comparison and about God. Um, and we're going to kind of take a little deep dive at this. We're not talking about comparison in the same way that you maybe normally would, would think about comparison. Um, but I'll, let me just tell you, a couple of months ago, um, I was driving down the road. Well, maybe I should back up the story and say that, you know, I, like maybe many of you, have had a sort of lifetime love-hate relationship with comparison. And when I say comparison, what I mean is like, uh, I will gauge myself on how I'm doing based on how the people around me are doing. If I'm doing better than them, then like gold star, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good, I'm doing good. Uh, I've also at times um, found it easy to make myself or find myself feeling bad based on how I'm doing compared to other people. When I see uh, on social media at different times, people that have giftings different than mine that are God's using to do incredible things, I'm both thrilled and excited for them, but also kind of uh, have a little bit of a negative reaction inside myself. And I've been on this this really, really long journey to overcome that. And I would say that I've had relative success, uh, pretty good success. But this year, it's been interesting because we've been on this sort of nomadic journey um, where the Lord has kind of uprooted all the patterns of our life and establishing new ones. And I found myself sort of falling prey to comparison again in a way that I I haven't in a while. And specifically when I would see God do some some incredible things through some people um, that I was just really, really excited about what God was doing. And that's not an empty statement. That's that's really how I felt about it. But it would also leave me with this little bit of twinge of like, what is God doing in my life? Like, ugh, I, I don't know that I even understand. And I was driving down the road uh, a, a couple of weeks ago, maybe a few months ago now, I'm, I'm not sure. And um as I was driving and I was just thinking about this, right? I was thinking about why it is that when I see people, primarily people with totally different giftings than mine, that are killing it, that God is doing amazing things through, and I'm so excited for them. Why is it that that my awareness that I'm not gifted like that causes me to wonder if God is disappointed in me? 
let me just be like super candid for a moment. I'm not much of an evangelist. I absolutely love the gospel. I, I, but if I'm, you know, sort of getting on my metaphorical seat on the bus, I'm probably not the one with the microphone on a street corner or on a college campus leading multitudes to Jesus. I have friends that that's their role. I have friends that see, you know, thousands upon thousands of people being saved. And I love that. I celebrate them. So when I say comparison, just, just for clarity, I'm not actually saying I'm comparing myself to them and saying, well, God must love you more. I'm saying it's very hard to watch an evangelist be successful and not feel like I should become an evangelist too. <laughs> it's very hard to watch, you know, people be effective at street ministry, for example, and not feel this little feeling of like, God would probably appreciate it if I did that also, because it's good. It's producing fruit for the kingdom. So I'm, I'm just in thought about this driving home. I'm thinking about myself and I find myself starting to feel a little bit of self-pity. A little bit of like, I don't know, Lord, it's like, is that what you want from me? This, this was the prayer that was coming out of my mouth. Is that what you want from me? Like, do you want me to just sell it all and hit the streets and and pray for all these people and, um, you know, be the life of like a, a revivalist evangelist? Is that is that like the goal of my life? Is that what makes you happy? Is that what you want believe, all believers to be? Now, I just need to pause here before I tell you what he said and 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 admit to you that I don't think it matters um, which gifting you think that about because it might be different than mine. You know, I have this sort of love-hate relationship with evangelism. My husband is an evangelist and, you know, we would go out and share the gospel and we would like ask the Holy Spirit to lead us to people. And every time God would lead him to someone who didn't know the Lord and like they would get saved. I mean, this like dozens and dozens of people, multiple times. And I would ask the Holy Spirit, who do you want me to go to? And I would find the person who was burned by church. <laughs> and I would end up in a conversation where I would get to bring some healing into their life. Um, and I would walk away feeling frustrated, right? Because I, I wanted to, to go to the people who didn't know the Lord. And God would not lead me to them. So I just want to say that you might be somebody who is an evangelist and you might feel the same way about someone with an entirely different gifting. So it's not about the thing that we're elevating. It's about what's going on in our heart. So I'm saying this to the Lord. I'm saying, you know, is that what you want from me, God? And, and when I'm saying this to him on this particular occasion, the Holy Spirit said back to me, I am not passive aggressive. I'm not passive aggressive. And it took my breath away for a moment because I don't know about you, but I think being passive aggressive might be the thing I like the least about humanity. I, I cannot stand when people refuse to deal with their issues and instead it comes out passively, right? You know somebody's frustrated about you because they side eye you. They say, you know, quote, jokes that are really not jokes. They're loaded, you know, and I'm not saying I, I never do this kind of behavior. I'm sure I'm sure I do something I'm blind to. But in general, it drives me nuts. And so when God said to me, I'm not passive aggressive, it stopped me in my tracks because I'm thinking, well, of course not, Lord. Of course not. And he said, Rachel, if I wanted you to be different, I would tell you. If I wanted you to have a different perspective on life, if I wanted you to, to, you know, to sell it all and go hit the streets for street ministry, you would know that's what I wanted for you. And I thought, wow, wow. 
He said, you need to stop this game. You need to stop this game where you feel inferior because I'm using someone else to do something that I never intended for you anyway. Now, what I know to be true theologically and from the Holy Spirit is that I'm not exempt from sharing the gospel. I want to be clear about that. Nobody is exempt from sharing the gospel. Jesus' last words, go into the world, make disciples. Like We all have to do this. But when we idolize a certain type of calling, a certain type of ministry, when we say, well, for me to be successful as a minister, it must look like X, Y, Z, what we're doing is entering into a dangerous game. Because we, if we are submitting ourselves to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, he will lead us. Look, you guys, I'm telling you, I feel very clear on what I'm doing with my life. This is the irony of the whole thing, right? I might not feel clear about where I'm going, but I feel very clear about what God has said and what he's asking me to do right now. So why would I assume that God had this secret problem with me that he wasn't bringing up? Guys, I don't know about you, but the Holy Spirit, I think, gets great delight out of convicting me. I mean, he does it a lot. So why would I assume that he wouldn't tell me if I'm that far off track? Why would you assume that he has a problem with you that he's not going to bring directly to you? He's not afraid of hurting your feelings, guys. So I realized a couple things about comparison. The first one is that comparison leads to lack in our life. Lack is a real problem. We, we do not lack anything in the kingdom of God because we have Jesus, right? So when I compare, I almost always, you almost always, we come up short, right? When we compare ourselves to someone or something, we usually draw the short straw where we walk away feeling a little bit inferior, like I'm missing something. I, I don't have enough. I don't have what it takes. And therefore, God must be disappointed in me because he's not giving it to me. Right? This is what passive aggressive behavior does. We, we think about it, but we don't approach him. We suspect something about God, but we don't boldly walk up to his throne and say, do you think this about me? Are you frustrated that I, am I missing it here? Comparison leads to lack. It leads to hyper focus on lack where we're only looking at what we don't have and not at what God is actually doing. Look, I'm just going to be honest with you. Comparison is born out of envy and jealousy. I think we know that. But as we talked about last week, envy and jealousy are fruits of the flesh. They're actually like a part of a spiritual war going on inside of us. In other words, envy, jealousy, and comparison should not be present in the life of a spirit-led believer. You and I both know that they are. These things are present, but they shouldn't be. So what does this mean? I think ultimately the the end game of the enemy is his hope is that we would go into our flesh and once we're in our flesh, because God has killed it and he doesn't use it anymore, then once once we're in our flesh, then the enemy can get into us that way. It's kind of like a gateway, you know, because it's, it's, it's an area where God doesn't go. Like he's not, um, he doesn't, <laughs> he's not inhabiting your flesh, guys. And so when we, when we go into our flesh through envy, comparison, jealousy, we're actually leaving a little bit of the presence of the Lord. It's not God leaving us. We are actually leaving him just a little bit. And the enemy wants to empower that. Um, this happens in, in so many different areas of our life. Like, let's take rejection just for a second. You know, when we feel rejected, it's a, a real human emotion. When we feel rejected, we have situations that happen that we are rejected. 
And the enemy wants us to feel that, to think about it, to ruminate on it, to let that lead to anger, to let that lead to divisive thinking, all of that in our flesh. And if we do that, it opens the door for the enemy to empower a habit of rejection, to to basically bring in a spirit of rejection into you to where now you're stuck in that cycle. And now it's not just that you kill your flesh and walk away from it, but you actually need deliverance as well. It's a slippery slope. I think comparison, I think so few people have real victory over it that we've kind of just made peace with the fact it's going to be there. You know, I don't think it should be like that, friends. I don't think we should try to like find ways to cope with comparison. We need to find ways to eliminate, reject and, and, and bury comparison once and for all. So usually comparison leads to lack. It leads to us coming up short. But occasionally comparison actually leads to pride, right? Comparison is kind of like what I was mentioning earlier. You know, we can look around and go, I'm doing pretty good. I'm not that person. I'm not doing that. When comparison leads to pride, we're basically telling God, this is who I am, God. Or or maybe this is who I want to be and therefore I will pretend to be that in this moment. But what we're doing in that is we're putting ourselves in the captain's chair, you know, we're not, we're not receiving our identity from him. We're basically proclaiming our identity to him. I'm a daughter of God. That means X, Y, Z. I'm a daughter of God. That means favor comes with me. You know, I, I can't, I'm going to go on a slight tangent here just for a second. So just brace yourself. But you know, if you look at TV or social media right now, all this, there's all this crap and it just is literal crap about like manifesting your destiny, right? Like I put it out into the universe. I spoke it into existence. And what's awful about this is that we are as, as believers, we are called to, 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 you know, speak things (laughs) that aren't as if they are right. We're called to declare, we're called to proclaim, But what we're supposed to be proclaiming is what God actually wants. We give our voice to him to proclaim what he wants, not what we want, right? It's, I I, I watched somebody the other day say, you know, I wanted this relationship and and I I manifested it out there. I'm like a manifestation guru. And I told, I told the universe, I want a relationship like this, this, and this, and it happened. And, and, you know, now I'm, I'm living in the fruit of it and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, gag me. I think this is comparison at work. It's like, what do I want? And let me tell the universe how to give me what I want, right? It's just the other side of of comparison. We're putting ourselves in the captain's chair. The crazy thing is I actually think that the enemy loves to answer those manifestation junkie send outs because it just empowers you to stay away from God, right? You feel like you got everything that you need. I think he actually enjoys answering those sort of you know, demonic prayers, I guess is what we can call them. I don't know. Um, Because he's like, look, if I can get you hooked on this, you won't need faith. You won't even want faith and I'll win. Comparison is the fruit of envy and jealousy. And those are fruits of the flesh. So what do we do? Let's just be practical here for a second. What can you do? Well, I don't know about you, but I've heard so many teachings about comparison I've seen Instagram quotes, you know, the whole nine yards and they almost always lead to putting up with comparison as though it's never going to go away. They, they have this air to them of like, you shouldn't do this, you know, but it's not really bad. It's just bad for you kind of thing. Look, I'm just going to tell you comparison is a fruit of the flesh and you really are not, 
you should not have any of the flesh at work in your life. I'm saying this to myself too. This is what I've been saying to myself over the last two months after I had this experience with God, because honestly, and this is probably the first thing that's actually burying this issue in my life. And I would say this issue is not very big. And I just want to be candid. I'm not trying to like clean myself up right now and make myself look better. I just want to be honest that I wasn't starting from a really bad place. And so, you know, I don't, I want, I want you to like have a, an honest picture, but it is still something I don't want in my life. And what I'm saying is when I began to recognize that comparison is not just like something we shouldn't do, but it is actually a detriment to life in the spirit things began to change. When I realized that what was fueling my desire to compare was this belief that maybe God had a problem with me that he wasn't actually bringing up. He was being secretive. Maybe he was talking to other people about it, but he wasn't coming to me. All of that is lies. They're all lies. So number one, what do we do? Number one, we have to call it what it is. This is the flesh at work. You could maybe even say it's a sin, depending on where you fall theologically. You call it what it is. You don't try to dress it up. We don't try to cope with it. We're not looking for coping strategies of how to just handle comparison as if he's like a family member that, you know, we can't draw enough boundaries about. So we just have to let him be like your drunk uncle, you know, that wants to come over and just ruin every holiday. But we just have to deal with it because he's family. No, that is not comparison. Comparison has no place at the table, period. You are at God's table now and it doesn't belong. It just doesn't. So we call it what it is. The next thing we're going to do, part two, is we're going to step into the spirit. How do we get out of the flesh? We reject it. We abandon it. We stop trying to clean it up. We stop trying to, to, to you know, pay attention to it all the time. We abandon it. We let it be dead. We don't give it a voice. And when it tries to speak, we literally silence it. I will not listen to you. I'm turning off the, you know, I'm changing the channel. I'm literally taking my thought captive. You might be saying to me, well, Rachel, it it goes through my mind so much. I can't do that. Look, let me just tell you, you actually can. It is hard, but you actually can. And one of the ways you're going to do that is by getting into the real understanding of what's going on. The comparison is empowered by your flesh, a part of you that God felt was not redeemable so much so that he put it on Jesus at the cross. So when God is looking at you, he's not trying to help you manage your comparison thoughts. He actually killed them. And he's waiting for you to step away from the dead body and step into his spirit where he can take over. When we step in the spirit, it's like it's like saying, Jesus, I'm I'm not going to need you to take the wheel right now. You know, if I keep thinking about this, I'm going to go down this road. It's not going to be good. When I'm stepping into the spirit, what am I doing? I'm already joined with him. So I come in with that understanding that I'm not trying to ask God to let me in. I'm already in. Okay. I'm already united with him. But when I say stepping into the spirit, what I'm talking about is I'm actually surrendering to his will. I'm actually rejecting my own will. This is, I think, one of the reasons why we're given self-control as a fruit of the spirit, that we can actually control what we surrender to Jesus. So I say, all right, Lord, I don't like in this case with me. You know what, God, I see this. I see this now. The comparison is actually causing me to think you have a problem with me that you're not bringing up. So I'm submitting myself to you. Jesus, if you think this is bad, please come in and shape me. Please come in and talk to me. Please come in and correct me, right? I am inviting you. I'm begging you. I'm humbling myself before you. And now I'm going to walk away from that and I'm going to focus on what you're trying to breed into my life, which are the fruits of his Holy Spirit. You're trying to breed patience into my life. 
to where if you're not doing something I want you to do, there's a holy patience that I can tap into. When you're looking on Instagram and you see somebody who looks like they have a, a marriage that you want, you know, which is probably not real anyway. But if you're looking at that and thinking, oh, I wish I had that. And you begin to envy, you begin to feel jealous. God, why can't it's like, OK, Lord, I'm, I'm stepping away from that. And Lord, I'm stepping into your love. Lord, would your love become enough for me? Would your love just enrapture me? Are you understanding how to do this? So we call it what it is. We don't try to clean it up. We reject it. And then we step into the spirit, the life the spirit wants us to live. And we begin to to embrace his fruit in our life. And the third thing is we invite the Holy Spirit's life to move in us. Here's what I think is crazy about what our our union with Jesus has, has produced. Is that we actually have this opportunity to let Jesus's life be lived through us. That, that he can actually come and, and be on display in our life, right? So I'm doing this in my life in all kinds of areas. I'm saying, God, I want your love. I, I want to tap into your love. I'm not trying to create my own. I just want to borrow yours because you gave it freely to me. I want to step into your love for myself, your love for the people around me, your love for my enemies. I just... I think we need to understand that God is not passive aggressive. He's going to come straight to you if there's something going on in your life. And then it becomes your decision whether you yield to listening, whether you give him a place to speak. Comparison is trying to thwart that process. It's trying to thwart that process by putting, you know, false beliefs in between you and the Lord to keep you diminished. Because as you know, if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, as you know, when you are being yourself, the best version of you is the one that's the most like Jesus. And when you are yielded and surrendered to Jesus, you are one of the most powerful forces on the earth because Jesus is free to be himself in you. That's my prayer for myself. And that's my prayer for you, that Jesus would be free to be himself in you, whether that looks like someone else or whether that looks like what he's calling you to, either way, that you would be empowered to be yourself, to be who you are, to embrace the giftings, the calling, and the assignment that he's placed uniquely on you. Until next time, be blessed. So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wortman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed.